Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Yay! Yay! This week, we are doing an episode from a few weeks ago called The Footprint at the Lake, and it was highly requested by a lot of you. So settle in. This is a wild case. It is. I was not sure where it was going. I absolutely didn't. And I was watching with my parents, and Bob kept saying he knew. And so I said, why don't you write it down on a piece of paper? So I could later, he could look at it. I could see, you know, if he was right. But he has his iPad on with him the whole time. And I just feel like there's always some cheating going on. Bob. He pretends he's looking up baseball scores. But Bob, I don't know if he is. I don't even know if it's baseball season, to be honest. It Maybe is, like, I believe. Okay. Well, he for football score, whatever. He's looking up scores. But he could have been looking up who the killer was. I don't know. I guessed it. You guessed? Right when we're introduced. I was like, bet it's that person. Oh, you're smart. No, I think I've just seen enough datelines. A lot of datelines, yeah. yeah. So this is called The Footprint at the Lake. It is season 32, episode five, ho- hosted by Andrea Canning. It aired on October 13th, 2023. And by the way, if you're not following us on social media, you missed the most exciting thing ever, which was in our beloved Keith Morrison's latest podcast, Not Morrison Mysteries, which is him just reading stories like Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they finally gave the people what they wanted. Yeah. And also his Dateline podcast called Murder in Apartment 12. In one of the episodes, he says 2005. So many people sent me the clip and I posted it. And I was just, I thought all the cool kids, I, I started a trend. Is that where you got it? No, I hadn't heard that. I just, this happened no, last week. But maybe he does that throughout. Maybe, maybe. when he's saying a date, and we he never does noticed. the 2002, 2007. Yeah. And so maybe it seeped into your subconscious osmosis. That's totally possible. So this episode takes place in 2019, which is the fine way to say that, yeah. in only North Texas, small town USA, where... The football team is what everybody talks about. And the amount of times we come back to the football team in this episode, it was like the mousetrap in that one episode. Yeah, football seems to be the thing. Also, not only North Texas, the town is called only. It's only. Uh, Only, comma, Texas. Only. Only. Yeah. Oh, boy. So the football team there is ranked number three in the state... For the longest losing streak. Oof. Well, uh, does that count as Dateline shading the town? Yes. Right at the beginning? Yes, yes. Because you know it's a big deal. Yeah. So this is the story of Manuela, whose nickname was Manu Allen, and her husband Peter Allen. And they both teach at the high school. Apparently she would wave a cowbell in the stands at the football games, and everyone loved her and loved it. Cowbell's great. A cowbell is a great thing to bring instead of an air horn. Oh, an air horn is way worse. You're right. Yeah. Although, again, I don't really know what happens at high school football games. I have noticed it's usually a very fun person that's swinging the cowbell. Oh, I'm sure she was so fun. I am okay with it. I've been to a few football games in the last couple of years. Just- I'm the cranky person sitting down when everyone else is cheering because I was dragged to the football game by Mm. someone and I'm like shut up that air horn 
Let me get some nachos. And I'm shoving nachos in my face to make me feel better. But I think that's why the cowbell's kind of fun. Ding, 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 ding. Everyone likes cowbell. Come on. More cowbell. There we go. So That's one of my titles, so I'll scratch that off right now. Okay. One morning in 2019, daughter Kiara comes into... They have four children. Daughter Kiara comes to dad Peter, who was sleeping in the living room on the couch, more on that later, and says, where's mom? And he says, well, she's probably in the bedroom. So Kiara goes into the bedroom and there's blood everywhere. Mm. And Manuela is gone. Mm. And so is her car. And Peter does the first of several odd, as Keith would say, things, which is he thinks she maybe cut herself and then drove herself to the hospital. But the amount of blood is like she accidentally cut her femoral artery. So much blood. Like there was a ritual sacrifice there. Is it a dark bedroom? Maybe. The bedroom looks small. It's... I'm guessing that maybe it just wasn't all visible at first until you would turn on a light and really look around. Although why when someone is not there, you wouldn't? Turn on a light and look around. That I can't, I don't know. Yeah. And so instead of calling the police, which is what most people would do, um, but you didn't do that, did you, Peter? He drove to the hospital to look for her instead of just calling. It must be down the street. This is a small town. It is a small town. And he's in a panic mode. Right. So she's not there at the hospital. So he drives home and then he finally calls the police. And Andrea says to him, he appears on Dateline. Are you in just full panic mode? And he says, no, no, it's not my personality to panic. And Andrea says, but your wife is gone and there's blood everywhere. I need a soundbite where you tell me you were panicked for the promo, Peter. No. And he says, you know, I worked in the military with explosives. I was a Green Beret. So I'm not a person that panicked. And I immediately think, Markov fake military record on your bingo card because now anytime anyone does has any sort of service, they could have been a hall monitor, and I think they're faking it. It's hard. We've they just had more so times many. than not. Yeah. Yeah. So many fakers. Especially but, if he is the murderer here. Exactly. Then absolutely. It's definitely not real. So police show up. Peter explains to them very calmly. And he, uh, this whole episode takes place on body cam footage, but more on that later because I was super upset about a lot of the body cam footage. Yeah. So I don't know if you were upset for the same reason I'm upset, but we'll get to it. What? I can't wait to see if you noticed. So maybe. Peter is explaining to them very calmly what's going on. And this is when they realize that Peter and Kiara are there. There are two other children. One lives out of the house. He is in college. And one is at a friend's house for the weekend. But they have a fourth, their son, Darian, who has been upstairs in his room this entire time. And so they go upstairs and he is the police knock on his door. He is playing video games with his headphones on. He is... 19 years old and has no clue what has been happening for the past several hours at the house. He does not know why the police are there. Yeah, that tracks. That is so typical of a teenager. Yeah. Headphones on, just no idea. No idea. And he's not wearing a shirt and they pull him outside without a shirt on. Police on Dateline love to not let people get a shirt. No. In case there's evidence. 
Yeah. I think they're trained. Don't put on or take off any clothes. (laughs) I think they want them to feel vulnerable. It could be. It throws them off, you know? It could be a tactic. I think he was grinding is the term. That's what happens when you play video games for many, many hours. I think it's called grinding. We'll have to ask Jake. Wait, does that have anything to do with grinder? No, not grinding. A bit. Wow, I'm learning some. I'm pretty sure it's called grinding. I, I'm gonna be when you're like in the zone, specifically with video games where you're on World of yeah. Warcraft and you're grinding. Yeah, that growing. makes sense. You're doing a team game. He's probably mm-hmm. playing some sort of multiplayer. So Peter tells police that he last saw Manu the night before at 9 p.m. And at this point in the body cam footage, he is vaping, which made me think he was a little bit more nervous than he had been previously. Right. And we learn more about Manu at this point. She grew up in a Bavarian village in Germany, which is the quaintest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it really is. Did they wear clogs? What is that? I don't, did they, were they eat a lot of pretzels? I don't know what happens there. Are you basically picturing it? Oktoberfest. Oh, okay. Braids. Yeah. Braids, Braids and ears, clogs and a bib. Clogs, pretzels. Lederhosen. Lederhosen. There we go. I'm picturing when National Lampoon and they go to Europe. Just the generic German Oktoberfest yeah, situation. Got it. Probably. So Peter and Manu met decades before, and he remembers exactly what she was wearing when he originally met her, which was multicolored biker shorts because it was the 80s, 90s. So that's perfect. They fell in love. They both became teachers. They had four children. And she was a beloved teacher. You could hear her down the hall laughing with the students. It sounds just like Joni. And you always knew if Joni was in the building. And... She just sounds delightful. She loved these kids so much that her daughter, Melanie, was dating a boy and he was troubled. And they took him in in the middle of the night and had him stay with them. And, you know, she really mothered him. She was a great lady. Yeah. And Andrea tells Peter, I love this thing about the cowbell. And she would clang that thing. And Peter says, well, you weren't the one who had to sit next to her. I lost the hearing and have one of my ears and i thought is that why you killed her peter so peter is a lot like that other dad he's dadding it the dad we had a few maybe it was a month ago he's borderline it's that sort of deprecating he's blunt like that but not cruel like that sorry deprecating is that is a screen (laughs) name trademark please don't take that i'm taking that if your name is katie instead of deprecating deprecating yeah, I got Sorry. it. It's very I'm smart. letting everyone else know in case they missed it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it felt a little like that. There is a part later where he calls someone an idiot. And I was like, dad. What? It's yeah. that dadding. I don't but know what to call it. But he has more warmth than that dad who was just cruel across the board. He was cruel. Oh, about his daughter. Yeah. yeah. That dad was harsh. And about poor Tim in the bucket hat and the puka shells. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about deadly twist. Yeah. He hated Tim. He hated his own daughter, it appeared. I don't know. He was disappointed in his own daughter and let the world know it on Dateline. And then we read an article later where he really, really loved her. So I wish we could have seen a little more of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So police have found drag marks through Mm -hmm. the garage, bloody handprints and footprints. The bed sheets in the bedroom are missing and this huge pool of blood. It is a gruesome, gruesome scene. And also, she's missing. And so, why would a killer kill someone or attack someone and then take them 
they assume she's dead at this point because there's so much blood. So they're thinking, why would someone kill her and then take her body? So Kiara, who is almost 16, her birthday's the next day, which is horrible. Absolutely horrible. She had found all the blood. She had also found a knife on the floor and she had picked it up to see if it had blood on it. And Andrea and the cop have a big moment about that where Andrea says, people are watching this movie and you're screaming at the screen saying, don't pick up the knife. Yeah. But you don't, I maybe think about it in the moment. Don't pick up the knife. But in the moment, you're just worried about where she is. Where is she? Is this a clue? Also, for people confused about how they wouldn't see these drag marks and things like that, the primary bedroom where she was sleeping is attached to the garage. Yeah, it's an interesting layout. Wherever she was dragged, it was not through the house to the garage. Right, not through the living room. Literally from the primary bedroom into the garage. Yeah. It's very strange. Kiara's bedroom shared a wall with Manu's bedroom. So how did she sleep through it? Well, teens are a lot like coma patients when they are asleep. And Mm -hmm. I think parents are usually too scared of them and are like, don't poke the bear. Don't wake him up. Uh, Mm -hmm. Unlike Joni, who would just storm into my room and be like, are you going to have a good day today? That's how she would wake me up. Like Mary Poppins, she would come in. So it is very strange that they share a wall and she heard nothing that night. Peter slept on the couch. He also heard nothing. And he says that it's because they both snore and he had had a few drinks and their agreement was if you drink, then you sleep on the couch. That was the agreement he had with Manu. I don't know if there's more to that story. If he maybe he snores more when he drinks or if there's an issue with his drinking or who knows. That's Um, just the rule. That's the rule. Don't question it. The police get an assist from a Texas ranger, Michael Schraub, with a fancy flying nun hat with the wings on it. It's a cowboy hat. It's a cowboy hat with the flip up wings that look exactly like the flying nuns habit. It's a cowboy hat. Yeah. That's what the cowboy hats look like. These are the ones that have the, it's not a round, it's a 90 degree kind of flip up. I thought, isn't that just a standard cowboy hat? No, not all of them have oh, that. I didn't that know that. Aggressive of a flip up. The wings, now with wings. I have to look at his aggressive curl on his cowboy hat because most it's of the cowboy. It's not a curl. It's a, it's like an origami paper hat that has folds in it. I'm trying to find one to see if it's called something specific. I'm sure it is. I'm Bangora? sure everyone's really mad at me, but. Anyways, the hat becomes very important later, and I will get into it. So (laughs) law enforcement and the DA's office cannot comprehend that Peter heard nothing. And so they're very suspicious of Peter. And he was 20 feet away on the couch. And so they ask about the relationship. And he says there were no affairs. We had a great marriage. She was a strict Roman Catholic, so she's not having an affair. And he says, as for me... I'm a man. I'm a dog. I look, but I don't touch. And I couldn't tell if I was grossed out by that or if I was grateful that he was being honest. I I frowned. (laughs) But I I mean, let's be real. I'm sure that's honest for most men. Okay. And women. A lot of women are looking too. It feels weird to say that. 
It does feel weird. You can just but, say no. But that would be a lie. I look, but I don't touch makes it seem like you definitely touch. I'm just going to say <laughs> adding that makes me not right. believe you. Right. Which I, I don't think he is lying. So it's just maybe don't say that. He just says some things again with his bluntness that are kind of digging himself in a hole. He's very blunt. And even things they don't think is weird, I'm thinking is weird. For example, he says, they ask about the kids and he says, oh, the kids would never hurt my wife. Oh, yeah, we get to that. Why did he say my wife? And why didn't he say their mom or something? That just seemed strange phrasing to me. Yeah, that is strange now that you mention it. It was the other part of that sentiment that I found more alarming. Well, he says this. I know this doesn't sound right, but my wife is built like a tank. She could defend herself. That doesn't sound right. You're supposed to say she's size beautiful and she's size strong. And then I think he says something like she would beat the yeah. bleep out of someone. I mean, yeah. he really goes on about it, which mm -hmm. is it's complimentary in a not complimentary way. Right. Unless she's an MMA fighter or something. Just no one wants to be called a tank. Yeah, no one wants to be called a tank. The, a tank is what I call Bruce. Right. Bruce is my tank. Yeah. And he is size beautiful. He is. We meet the lieutenant of a neighboring town, David Wilk, who is a broad, bald man wearing a white linen blazer with a sharp looking goatee and a shark tooth necklace. Yeah. He looks to me like he should be singing Mambo Number no. 5 and he not might solving be. crimes. He might be. But maybe he sings that on the weekends. Definitely. He's great. He goes to search the lake nearby, yeah. and he finds Manu's white SUV. The bumper is completely off, which never gets addressed in the whole episode, why the bumper is literally off the car. And oh, yeah. there's dried blood on the door. Oof. And he walks around, and he sees some white sheets, and there he finds Manu's body wrapped in the sheets. And he knew Manu from school, and his kids knew the, their kids. So it's very sad. He calls the dispatcher, and he's breathing very hard, and he tells mm -hmm. the dispatcher, this is the one everyone's looking for. She's dead. And the dispatcher, because this is a very small town, she gasps, and she says, what? Yeah. Like, because everyone was looking. This is not in a big city where this happens all the time. I've never heard that before. I've never heard the 911 dispatcher go, oh, what? what? Like, yeah. yeah, just super surprised. Yeah. Mm. Manu had been stabbed and shot. And the wow. killer had covered her face with plants. These big leafy, almost like palm leaves. Wow. And there's a bike track and a footprint. So the killer, they think, left on a bicycle, which to me means bag of wieners teenager. Yeah, I was I was really worried. It confirmed my fear when we heard bicycle. I was like, no. Or that dateline yeah, where like, the hitman <laughs> got paid with a bicycle. Yeah, that was my other thought. Where is he right that now? That was in California, I think. He rode that bike all the way to Texas. Killing spree across this country. I was actually worried it was a band of teens. Of teens. Yeah. Dangerous. <sighs> Dangerous. I know. We all know how Katie feels about teens. Mm -hmm. This episode might confirm it. This doesn't help. So the ranger has to tell Peter that it's her. Oh. And 
at this is the first, it's very sad, but this is the first of many moments in the interrogation room where the ranger is so proud to have his body cam on so that we can see what's happening, except his arm is covering Peter's entire body with, it's blocking the camera. So you can't see if there are real tears. And I was screaming, move your forearm, sir. He's doing a thing which makes me believe that it is. Because when we do get to see his face, he's doing that palm wiping. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? When you're, yeah. you wipe it with the bottom of your hand, your eyes. Yeah. I'm doing it for Kimberly right now, which is useless in a podcast setting. Yeah, I can confirm she's doing it. Fake cry, I feel like people do flat hands, which is a theory that I'm working on. Yeah, I, and they wipe at the pupil, or not the pupil, the little corner, like they're trying to squeeze they're out one They're trying to squeeze tear. stuff out. He's doing something to try to keep it up in his eye, yeah. which is how you cry when you're Yeah, upset. we, again, only get to see a brief moment when the yeah. ranger leans back for a second. Yeah. And we see him wipe something away. Mm-hmm. So he says he wants to tell his four kids himself. Oh. The ranger is, again, so proud that he's keeping his body cam footage on so he can see what the kids' reactions are because he's very suspicious of the kids. But unfortunately, they all do this family huddle where they're all facing each other, so you can really only see their backs. But it's very brutal, and the kids are crying, and one of them collapses to the floor. Melanie, the youngest girl. However, the younger son, Darian, who was playing video games, is separate from the others sitting on the floor by himself being quiet. And the ranger thinks that's very strange. And he wants to talk to Darian. So he pulls in Darian, who is shaking, like legs shaking. He's very nervous. We're also getting interviews with Darian, though. We are. And so the image we get of him, of a a teenager playing video games at 9 a.m. with no shirt on and totally missing his mother's attack is very bag of wieners. But when he appears on Dateline, he looks very put together and he's very well-spoken. And I think he is a nice young gentleman. Yeah, he's grown up. Yeah. He's all right. So he says he got home at 1130 the night before and he couldn't sleep all night long. So he would play video games. Grinding. He's grinding. He's in a full grind session all night. He tries to sleep, can't sleep, gets up, plays a video game. Then gets a snack, tries to sleep again, but can't. Gets up and plays more video games. And I think it's because he has some unhealthy sleeping habits. And all of that blue light and stimulation from the video games is not helping. No. Killing zombies is not going to help you fall asleep. No. I don't know what game he's playing. I recommend The Hatch Restore for Darian. This is the bedside sleep guide and all-in-one dream machine. It is a light and alarm clock. And with this sleek design, it could definitely class up a teenager's smelly bedroom. Oh, yeah. And I don't know why I think that room smells, but I really think it smells. It does. Hatch Restore helps you form healthy sleep habits for life, helping you to be the best version of yourself. It teaches your body when it's time to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. And it has meditations, mindfulness exercises that can help you relax and prepare for sleeping, unlike beating Bowser or whatever he was doing. Definitely not beating Bowser. I don't know. 
With the Hatch membership, they have ASMR for my fellow tinglers. They have sleep stories. They have playlists of music. It makes going to sleep a much less stressful experience than it is for some of us with sleep problems. I used to get really anxious to go to sleep because I knew how many hours it could take me to fall asleep and what a frustrating experience it could be. Especially when I was a teenager, it took me like three to four hours every night to fall asleep. I hated it. I really could have used something like Hatch to make falling asleep a pleasant experience. Oh, yeah. Also, this sunrise alarm clock supports your body's circadian rhythms, even if you're not actually waking up and going to bed with the sun like the farmers do, which I am not. It tricks your body, so you think you are. Oh. But right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash date dateline. Sleep deeply and wake gently with the Restore. Go to hatch.co slash date dateline to get $20 off and free shipping. Again, that's hatch.co slash date dateline because good sleep can be learned. Yes. At any age. Hatch some good sleeping habits, y'all. Yes. Thank you, Hatch. Thank you, Hatch. Another thing that's been helping people for years to get to sleep is a good bottle of wine. You know what I'm talking about. You know, you're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong. So real quick, picture it. Sicily. Sicily. Just kidding. Picture, though, a forlorn Katie, short on time, wandering through the wine aisles at her local market, desperately trying to pick a nice wine because either people are coming over that evening or I'm just trying to stock my own cupboard. Let me tell you, it's a very sad sight. And I have more than once been asked if I need help. And I don't know about you, but that's rare in a supermarket when someone has to come (laughs) over because your face looks so distraught. (laughs) No more. Those days are behind me because this episode is being sponsored by Naked Wines. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the best quality bottles of wine, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price that you'd normally pay in stores. I'm talking a fraction. How do they do this, you ask? Well, Naked Wines connects winemakers and everyday wine drinkers directly. This allows for the vineyard to come to your door as a delivery service at up to 60% off what you would normally pay. That is wild. By cutting out the traditional retail middlemen, costs, and markups, winemakers can pass those savings directly onto you without skimping on quality. And I do mean quality. The wines I received so far exceeded any purchases I have made on my own wandering around the market an hour before people are coming over. Mm -hmm. My most recent favorite is the Mauricio Lorca Reserve. And this is a Malbec. And what I love the most about this is that I could look up on Naked Wines, this exact wine that I was like, oh, this is really, really good. And they had actual tips for how to drink it. So for this particular wine, they suggested that you let it breathe for about 20 minutes. I didn't do that and it was still delicious. But now I know for next time. It's also they tell you what it goes great with. Mm -hmm. By choosing Naked Wines, you can get exclusive access to hundreds of top quality award winning wines. My wine that I just discussed won awards. Congratulations. And they have significant savings, making Naked Wines a perfect match for any type of wine drinker. Naked Wines has been around for over 10 years and funds over 90 independent winemakers with no commitment or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, 
Every single bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker. I love that. I know. So you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. It's a win, 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 win across the board. So go ahead and head to nakedwines.com slash date dateline and click enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and then enter date dateline for both the code and the password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. Beat that. That's unbelievable. That's $100 off and less than $7 a bottle. That's nakedwines.com slash date dateline. Click enter voucher in the top right. Enter date dateline as both the code and the password and grab six bottles for $39.99. Nakedwines.com slash date dateline. Code and password date dateline for $100 off your first six bottles. Life is short. Drink some good wine with Naked Wines. Also, this would be a really good gift for someone. Oh, yeah. For a wine lover? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Thank you, Naked Wines. Thank you, Naked Wines. We're so excited to have you as a new sponsor. Amazing. So Darian tells the ranger that he had heard rustling in the middle of the night in the kitchen, and he thought it was his dad getting a snack. He didn't hear anything else. Huh. No one heard anything. That should be the title of this episode. Forget the footprint at the lake. No one heard anything yeah because there was an episode called someone saw something or they saw someone was watching so this is no one no one heard nothing that's what it's called i know that's a double negative so darian says he and his mom were close but they have been having a disagreement lately on his future and that's where i got really scared about darian because we have had a handful of datelines and just true crime cases in the world where people were either not wanting to go to college, kicked out of college, didn't want to tell their parents and decided to kill their parents instead of just telling them they had been kicked out of college. I can literally think of two off the top. I can as well. That's bad. So Darian didn't want to go to college and she wanted him to. And that's where the issue is coming from. Darian also has a blister on his hand that he says is from mowing the yard. And I was like, Darian, please don't be a bow. I'm begging you. You seem so nice. Mm -hmm. There is no sign of forced entry. And the killer seemed to know exactly where everything was in the house and knew where Manu kept her car keys in the kitchen. There are bloody footprints that go right for them. And then they took her car. She was stabbed 47 times. Wow. Strangled and shot. And Andrea says... Forgive my choice of words. Why the overkill to the ranger? Is overkill an offensive term? Why is she asking for forgiveness? I think it might be a bad term. The way she built it up was like she was going to borrow Keith's new catchphrase and say, pardon my overkill, but what the sweet flying F. Yeah, which also would have worked in this scenario because it's really ridiculous. She's too classy. Yeah. But I'm wondering now if overkill is no more. Is it? A, is there another term that we use for that now? Is it gauche? I can't think of the right word. Let's find out. Is overkill a bad term? I don't know what's offensive about it. I don't see anything wrong with that term. I think she started the sentence and then it went in a different w- direction. Or she started it and she just used a phrase by accident that wasn't the phrase she was going for, which I do all the time. Either or. Yeah, Yeah. totally either one totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
but doesn't matter. Yeah. So police think it's her husband, Peter, because it's always the husband. And Andrea says to the ranger, why do you think that? As if she doesn't host Dateline and know that this has to be the most frustrating part of being a Dateline correspondent is when you have to pretend like you did don't know why they're questioning the husband and why they think it's the husband. Or what the, what the term diabolical means. Or what the term diabolical means, yeah. And so the Texas Ranger is interviewing Peter. And this time, he's his Ranger's hat with the giant wings is blocking Peter's face from the camera. So we can't see Peter's face. I lost it. Why have a body cam if you're going to block it with your ginormous forearm and your comically oversized hat? What's the point? And that is not only the second time that will happen in this episode. It happens like five more times. I think it's on purpose. I don't think he likes wearing the cam. Do you think he's doing it to piss off his boss or somebody who is making him wear the cam? I think it makes him feel like people aren't going to be honest with him because they know they're on video. But I think the cam is, oh, yeah, it's probably pretty visible. It's not like a secret mm -hmm. spy cam. I'm sure it's strapped to his chest like a GoPro. So you think he's being like, I'm just going to slide my hat over. It's just you and me talking. Maybe. Subconsciously or consciously. Could be. Okay, well, I was upset because does he not know that we rely on that footage to do our podcast? Yeah, he doesn't care about you. And to detect her at home. Yeah, he definitely doesn't want that. He doesn't that want That ranger us does not care about that. <laughs> he doesn't Sorry. care what, what the citizen detectives at home are thinking. Really doesn't. It's Man. the lowest on his list, I Man. feel like. So they think it's weird that Peter didn't call 911. He drove to the ER looking for her. Yeah, we can't all agree that that's weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird. super weird. It's for sure weird. Also, it makes it more weird that he's a Green Beret and he should know that that much blood means that person is no longer alive. And he says, well, I was hoping she was alive because what kind of man would I be if someone killed my wife when I was next in the next room on the couch? I need that not to be true. I so that's see that why too. I was hoping she was alive. Of course. So... He says, you know, I did think I heard her car start up at 5 a.m. And I thought maybe she went to get coffee at this mm. place called Allsup's Gas Station Convenience Store. I Googled it. Never heard of it. But apparently they have world famous burritos, chimichangas, and salsa. And they're so world famous that you can buy a 72-pack of burritos online for $160. Do it. I might do it because they looked pretty good, do especially it. for a gas station. Do they have breakfast burritos? No, I don't didn't see. I only saw bean and beef and the chimichangas. If you do the burritos, I'll do the chimichangas. I don't eat beef, so. Do they not have just bean? Is the bean I didn't not, see just beans. It wasn't just bean and cheese? But the salsa is world famous too. I could just try the salsa. So Peter says he thought in the middle of the night he had heard. Okay, so he... he it is very strange that he thought he heard the car start, but he didn't hear a violent attack. That's also very strange. And he did say at one point in the night he thought he heard a little thump and he thought it was Darian, which it could be the same thump that Darian had heard that he thought was his dad. It's just a comedy of errors. Oh, my gosh. The worst tragedy of errors. Yeah. They had found a sock in the bedroom covered in blood that matched the footprints, and it was a compression sock, which made me think, Katie, where were you? How dare you? <laughs> also, Bob. Bob wears compression socks. 
How dare you again? <laughs> Sorry. So the theory is that the person was wearing the sock, took the time to take off the compression socks. Or lost a sock in the attack. You don't lose a compression yeah, sock. Yeah, you know that they're not how tight. that works. That's the whole point. They are not fun to put on What's and What's interesting is one of the footprints, the footprint that we see, it seems to be not a shoe footprint, like a barefoot footprint. Yeah. So was that Mandu's or was the killer barefoot at some point? I was a little confused about that too. Why do they think it's a sock? It doesn't look like a sock footprint. Where's no, the sock footprint? There's no sock footprint. They just find the sock that has blood in it. But a lot of things were covered with blood in the bedroom. Blood in it or on it? On it. Covered in blood. It could have been just on the floor. It was just in nearby. Yeah, it was discarded on the floor and then got blood on it, maybe. Yeah. Peter is very calm and collected in his interview, and he says, I did not kill my wife. So longtime listeners will know that there's a Twitter watcher named Pretty Plus More who has a theory that if you don't use contractions, you are a killer. So he says, I did not kill my wife. No contraction. But then he says, I don't know what happened. Contraction. So how do you explain that? Well, do not know what happened. It's only in the sentence about killing someone. But does do we give him some sort of allowance because he's a Green Beret? Oh, so he speaks a little more formally. So maybe a Green Beret in direct questioning would say, I did not kill my wife. That's interesting. I did not order that large pizza. (laughs) That's just a more... You can't handle the truth. you cannot handle no, the truth. No, you cannot handle oh, the truth. Oh, no. Okay, well. That was a contraction. Okay, pretty plus more. Was I that see contraction you. written into the script or did or, Jack Nicholson ad-lib the contraction? Great question. Well, you cannot handle the truth sounds bad. <laughs> you cannot handle the truth. It doesn't have the same ring to it at all. I think that if he did try to say that, he would be like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying can't. <laughs> Sorry, and the and the script supervisor's just so upset and is like circling in red. <laughs> Very upset. Script supervisors are the most stressed and annoyed people on a movie set if people don't care about the script that much. What is the job burnout on that? What it's, is the rate? Just Well, Gary had the same one for like 30 years, but she was always frustrated. Yeah. Because Gary just didn't care if a couple words were different or if things didn't make sense. It took the character five minutes to get from LAX to Santa Barbara in a movie time. And they'd be like, that should take half a day. What are you talking? And he didn't care. I lose <laughs> my mind. Uh, there's no way. It drove her crazy. So the ranger kind of switches tactics. And he's like, I know it was you. A jury's going to find you guilty, and you're going to go to the electric chair. And Peter very calmly says, if I go to trial and I lose, then I lose. If I go to the electric chair, at least I go down knowing I didn't do this. No big deal. I just get electrocuted. You're not going. No one's going to the the electric chair doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) So it's the weirdest threat. Electric chair. Are you sure it doesn't even in Texas? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's the needle. All right, I'm looking it up. I've looked up a lot of stuff this episode. People like when we look up instead of just guessing because then they send us angry emails. Okay, electric chair in Texas. What states till no. The only places that still reserve the electric chair as an option for the execute for execution in the United States are Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, and Tennessee. 
I'm not surprised by any of those. But I am surprised that Texas is not on the list. Texas is not on the list, which means that is... But this was in 2019. Texas outlawed the electric chair in 1972. (laughs) I'm done. That's why it felt like a hollow threat. That's a weird thing to say. But it's a symbolic electric chair. He means you could get the needle. Then say the needle, because then at least it's real. You're going to the guillotine. It's just an outdated thing. Don't say that. Maybe that's why Peter's so called. It took me right out of it when he said it. It took me right out. I was yeah, like, well, that's is. an empty threat. <laughs> My gosh. It really pulled you out of the moment. And Peter, it's important to note, has been on Dateline with Andrea in a non-prison looking button-up shirt. But we know how much Dateline loves to trick us. So that could mean a myriad of things. True. So... He tells Andrea, it's usually the spouse, so I knew I'd be a suspect. And Darian tells her, everyone on Facebook, people were accusing basically the whole family of being the killer. They thought it was one of the siblings or the dad. He said, this one coworker of mine thought it was me because I guess I gave him a weird vibe and I felt bad for him because I said, you're a good kid. It's okay, Darian. So... Then we meet retired military and Peter's close friend, Verl. Yeah. Which is like Earl, but with a V, obsessed. And he says, maybe Peter did do it. I've heard of people doing things like this. So I loved how realistic he is. He's not like, he would never do it. He's like, yeah, husbands kill their wives all the time. Totally could be him. I asked him, he said, no, but that's not going to do it for me. I was in the military. So he decides to set up an experiment. Well, also, he comes to stay. He Verl moves in. Also, his name is Verl Wolverton. Verl Wolverton, obsessed. I hope he's written several books. I know. <laughs> because if not, he's you need to do that. Yeah, it sounds like an author. People might buy them just based on that. Just based on his name. So Andrea is at the house and she's saying now, she says the house is two stories, five bedrooms, all packed into just 20,000 square feet. And I laughed because she would cry if she saw my... 400 square foot apartment she'd be like is this an apartment for ants yeah but five bedrooms is a lot and two bathrooms i guess is a lot five bedrooms in twenty thousand is not is that's tiny bedrooms tiny bedrooms. And we can tell that already because we're seeing her bedroom yeah and you can see that if they have maybe a queen size bed there's not a lot of walk space yeah in the room so, and the living room also looks tiny from what we're seeing of it. Yeah, So, it does. Andrea and Verl, well, Verl is telling Andrea how he did this experiment, and he had Darian help him. So, Darian goes to the bedroom and yells, and Verl sits in the living room where um, Peter was, and his old ears don't hear anything of Darian yelling. So, they switch places. And Verl yells in the bedroom. And Darian, he has very young ears. And he says, I heard a tiny little noise. That's all I heard. And Andrea is very skeptical. So she wants to do the experiment. So she goes to the TV room and where Peter was. And she turns the TV on to the same volume that it was that night. I have no idea how they knew exactly what the volume was at that night. But she is standing there and Verl is in the bedroom and he's screaming, Andrea, Andrea. Andrea hears nothing. It's wild. 
because that's one of the whole things of the case. And what's so weird is that no one in the house heard anything. And 20 feet away, she literally can't hear it. And it's something about the layout and the construction of the house. So I thought brands happy being on Dateline, the contractors, because that house is sturdy and solid. So Verl thinks that it's someone who knew the family and it was a targeted attack. And to him, the blood trail looks like the killer walked past Kiara's room and stopped at Melanie, the other daughter's room. And so he thinks Melanie knew the killer. Oh, no. Meanwhile, Darian and Peter are scared that someone is still out to get the family. So they have it locked up like a fortress. Darian is going over his last conversation with his mother and how he didn't say, I love you. And Andrea, mom of six, says, you didn't need to say it. She knew. And it was heartwarming. And that's Andrea was the perfect person. The most precious moment. Andrea has tears in her eyes and Darian is fully crying and it's very sweet. And I think you just, sometimes you need to hear that from a stranger. Yeah. That's And a mom. Yeah, Yeah. and a mom. Mm -hmm. So investigators find a witness who was at the lake that morning who saw a bicycle go by, which is helpful, but not really because they didn't see who was on the bicycle. Eh. So never mind. They check all the bikes, at, but they had those tracks, so they already knew it was a bike. So they check all the bikes at the house of the kids, and it doesn't match any of the bike tracks at the scene. Mm. Now, another theory they're going with is that Peter had a lot of guns. And there had been a gun burglary in that neighborhood earlier in the summer. So could it have been a stranger who wanted to steal some guns for money? A name gets brought to the police, Corey Taylor. And he is known to the police because he is a bag of wieners bow. He is with a capital B. He is trouble. And we see him on Snapchat shirtless with a... Full-on machine gun, laughing. I think we'd call him a red alert. A red... <laughs> that feels like danger to me. Danger zone. Yeah. It's a past a bow. Danger bow. It's a red flag bow. It's a row. Yeah, it's not good. With this huge gun on Snapchat, you know how rogues do. Oh, not is... how rogues do. That guy was not a bow. That's from our Patreon episode, The Big Con, and that was my boyfriend. I loved him. He is a champion. Corey was a troublemaker at school, and law enforcement go to talk to him, and they see a bike with similar tread on the tire and an empty Capri Sun littered on the ground by it. So bottom line, Corey is at least a litter bug, and the Native American is crying. A Capri Sun is so sad. A lone, smushed, flat Capri Sun. This is ruining your image, bro. You're all tough with your big machine gun. Yeah, and then the juice box really takes it <laughs> down a couple notches. It should have been an apple juice little box. It's Sad. not good. It would be like a Gogurt, a Gogurt <laughs> wrapper just sitting there. That would be, or like a Gushers, a Gushers yes. pack, just half eaten, smushed. So Corey says, That bike is not mine. That bike belongs to Julius Mullins, who's a star football player. And it always comes back to football in this town. And Julius's dad appears on Dateline. He seems so nice. 
Adrian. Adrian. He seems so, he's a teddy bear of a man. Yeah. It, that's my first impression. He is wearing a hat with an American flag that is made up of fish. Fish. It has fish in it? Those stripes are fish. Oh, he's a fisherman. So it's the American flag and then fish, 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 fish that go across. Aww. And I even Googled it to make sure. And there's they sell a lot of them for fishermen. That's funny. So he says Julius struggles a lot growing up. He had ADHD. He had some emotional problems. They tried to get him help. He spent time in juvenile detention. But lately he had been doing better and he was dating Melanie. You might recall Melanie had a troubled boyfriend that Manu took in in the middle of the night and treated like a son. And Melanie and Manu and the whole family, they were really good influences on Julius. But Mm. they broke up. It was one of those intense first loves in high school and they broke up. Julius took it very hard. He became withdrawn and started drinking and doing drugs and skipping school. And... He was charged with a marijuana possession. Right. And Andrea makes this face that was like, oh, that's a shame. I can't describe her face. She was like, well, that's a shame face. That's a shame. shame. Speaking of Andrea, we have a question from the audience that only Katie can answer. This is a weird segue. Mandy on Twitter says, I know we're investigating a murder, but while we're here, Katie, weigh in. What is Andrea's eyeliner game? Is she tight lining? How do I replicate? Is she using Thrive? What's happening? What is tight lining? Tight lining is where you line your eyes inside your waterline. I don't like that. It looks great. So if you could learn to do it. And actually, Thrive's Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner was going to get you there. If I could look like Andrea, I'm willing to try. So whether you like fresh-faced, full glam, or somewhere in between, I feel like Andrea hovers between glam and woman that lives next door. Yeah, she somehow does. She could go to a gala with her husband, Mm -hmm. but then during the day she could shop at Sprouts. Because I feel like glam is unapproachable and Andrea does seem approachable. Basically, Thrive just gives you makeup that makes your face look better. I don't know how to describe it. Makeup and skincare that make you have that glow from within and give you a little boost. Yeah. And besides that, Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are all certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. All the better. They're made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. They are high-performance and trademarked formulas with uncompromising standards. It's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star ratings. I'm probably a couple of them. But speaking of tightlining, one of the things that I love in addition to a good tightline is the Brilliant Eye Brightener from Thrive. It's a highlighter stick made to brighten and open your eyes, giving you like instant eye lift appearance. You can apply it to the inner corner of your eyes to look really well rested and just give your eyes a little ding. I need a ding so bad. It goes ding. Or You can use the other shades of the Brilliant Eye Brightener as just an all-over eyeshadow for a perfect daytime glowy look. It's real easy to use. It glides on seamlessly. I can confirm. I use it and I don't know how to use makeup. That's why it's brilliant because it's just swipe it on, rub it in with your finger and you're done. You have sort of a natural Mm -hmm. smoky eye. It's a foolproof formula, 16 shades. Stella is the classic champagne color highlighter that you'd use on the inner corner. But I love combining that with one of the darker shimmer shades like Cali, which is just perfect for an all over eye color. It's like a taupey grayish color. Also, green-eyed girls out there, go for Muna. The Muna has got that mauve 
And also, the Emma is a stunning copper shimmer that is perfect for the season that's coming. Copper and gold mm-hmm. in the fall always look good. So what are you waiting for? Give it a try. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty also that gives back. They have a bigger than beauty mission and they're always donating to help women thrive. So right now you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first order. This fall, the eyes have it with Thrive. Thank you so much, Thrive. I'm excited to tell you about a podcast called The Newsworthy. In the past few years, past decade, I've found myself getting so anxious when watching or reading the news. Not just anxious, angry, like screaming at people on Twitter angry. And that's not good for my mental health. My therapist actually recommended I stop reading and watching the news. But then I feel so uninformed. I never know what anyone is talking about. I don't feel like a good citizen who knows what's going on in the world. Someone asked me a question. I feel like an idiot. Enter the Newsworthy podcast, which I have been incorporating into my daily routine. I can listen to it while I'm straightening up the house, while I'm brushing my teeth, while I'm going for a walk around the neighborhood. I feel so informed without any added stress or anxiety. I was at a birthday party the other night and someone brought up politics and I was like, yes, I do know what Speaker of the House is. Why do you ask? I'm an informed person. In just 10 minutes a day, The Newsworthy covers politics, tech, business, and they also throw in fun stuff like entertainment news. Also, they just did a thing like the history of Halloween and last minute costume ideas. It was so cute. It's a little bit of everything. And the host, Erica Mandy, explains the news from all perspectives in an unbiased way from a variety of sources. So no one is yelling at each other. You don't have the pundits screaming and you think they might wind up on a Dateline episode because they hate each other so much. It's not like that. It's like peaceful. So search for The Newsworthy, two words, The Newsworthy, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. I know you're going to enjoy it just as much as I do. We're all going to be informed people who aren't tearing our hair out. Thank you, The Newsworthy. Take a listen, everyone. Check them out. So Julius's dad was so frustrated with his behavior lately that he gave him an ultimatum and he was kicked out of the house. He crashed at the high school gym or with his friend Corey, who was where his bike was found, with guns and Capri Sun. Mm-hmm. Capri guns. Capri guns. And Corey says... Yeah, I have nothing to do with the murder. They bring in both of them. Corey says, I had nothing to do with the murder. I've never even been inside that house. And Corey says, it's a little weird that Julius is so close to Miss Allen and he hasn't even cried since she died. And I was like, Corey, are you a snitch on your best friend? Is that what's happening? And then he goes further and he says, Julius brought a gun to my house and he acted really iffy and he scared me and my grandma. And I was like, Corey, you were on your Instagram with a full-on machine gun and no shirt. How so, did your grandma feel about that, Corey? <laughs> is your grandma okay with that? Yeah. But I- she's scared of Julius? Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, Corey is just full-on snitching at this point, and he's getting snitches. But good for him. We want the family to have justice. So yeah, good, good. for him. So Corey says, come to think of it, it could be Julius. 
he's been in their house. He knows where everything is. And he's been acting really, really strange lately. There's no interrogation footage of this interrogation with Corey because there's just none. So I can't even yell about a jacket or a horse or a hat or whatever blocking the camera. It's one of those where we just have the audio. And so they keep showing us an empty interrogation room with Hmm. the audio playing over it. Is it because Corey is 17? I don't know. I think the guy just forgot to plug in his camera. I bet you it's because he's 17. That's no, because they did it for all the teens, all the kids that whose mom was killed. They were all above 18. No, they had Melanie. They had Melanie's over 18. She had just graduated from high school. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure if they video under 17. Well, they interviewed Julius with a camera. And he's over 18. Is he? Mm -hmm. So Peter says he was okay with them dating Melanie and Julius. He thought Julius seemed like an okay kid, but an idiot. Oh, boy. (laughs) That was where I was like, geez. But he knew if you push your kids to break up with someone, it'll only push them together. So he said, we're just backing off. And they eventually broke up on their own. That's smart. It's very smart. Lately, Julius had been texting Melanie and begging for another chance and before and after the murder and after the murder he wanted to be the one to comfort her and she was getting a bad feeling so she had originally told the police she had no idea who had hurt her mom but the day after the murder she came back to the police and she said I am suspicious of my ex Julius he had told me he was in a gang he loved knives And the police are set like, okay. And Peter, in his original interview, also said Melanie was dating this guy, Julius, that has some problems. And police never took this seriously because they were looking so hard at Peter Mm. and Darian, the son. And so Rangers talk to Julius. And once again, the giant winged hat is set down right in front of the camera. So I can't see Julius's face. Yeah. I was so mad. I wanted to drive over there, storm into the room, knock the hat off the camera and be like, you are a ranger, sir. I'm telling you, it feels on purpose. It feels passive aggressive towards me. I don't think it's about you, but I could be wrong. Shrub, weigh in, please. Ranger Shrub. Yeah, Shrub. I have Shrub here and I'm sticking with Shrub. Okay, I think it's Shrub. (laughs) Julius tells the rangers, at least I think it was Julius talking because, again, can't see anything. Oh, boy. It's like being on that show, Love is Blind, (laughs) just really going off someone's voice. So he says Manu was amazing. He calls her Miss Allen. She was like a second mom to him. She helped him. She was such a nice lady. He knew that Peter wasn't crazy about him, but that was okay. And he dated Melanie for a year or so. She broke up with him and he accepted it. He was fine with it. And then... After the murder, Melanie had texted him accusing him of murdering her mom. And he says, I would never hurt her like that. They discover, though, that his bike matches the tracks at the lake and his shoes match the shoe prints at the lake, which is why the the episode is called Footprint at the Lake. They arrest Julius and they interrogate him again with handcuffs on. And this time we can see him on camera and I was so excited. But then the ranger sits right in front of him and I screamed, hold my Cheetos. I'm sorry. Uh, It's purposeful. I think it it has to be at this point. 
he's doing it just to piss somebody off or to get them to talk. But then why even have it? Just Because his boss is making him do it? He's a ranger. Who does he report to? Who do rangers report to? Jesus. Head ranger. <laughs> Jesus. The ranger at this point, very interestingly, going along to Katie's theory, is he says, is the camera keeping you from talking, Julius? And then he kind of leans forward and fully blocks Julius's whole body. And then he says, let's go outside to smoke. And they go outside to smoke, comes back in, and Julius admits it. He says he went in at 2 a.m. and he used a knife to stab her. And she screamed a lot, which is, again, mind-blowing that no one heard it. But thanks to Viral's experiment, we now understand. But how would Julius know that she wouldn't be heard? Great question. Drugs? Yeah, for sure. I have that listed here because there's an element here that we're missing. And I think it's that. Yeah. Well, he had been arrested for drugs. Marijuana. For marijuana. But I'm sure was doing other things. I did try to look and I didn't see anything about that. But this feels like something that would happen when you are out of your mind. Yeah. To go into a house with other people, three other people in it. Yeah. And this happened. I know he had spent time in that house, but he didn't know it was soundproof. Yeah. And it's more just the reaction. Well, actually, his story of what he eventually says happened does make sense with that, that he did not go to kill someone. Well, right. So that's the reaction I'm talking about. That Yeah. That doesn't make sense. He's doesn't. Okay, we'll get there. Yeah. So he grabbed her keys. He dragged her to her car and he drove to the lake. So wait, he stabbed her. Sorry, stabbed her. He wrapped her in a sheet in the comforter? Uh-huh. And then dragged he dragged her. used it to drag her out by the lake. And then he shot her. And he covered her with plants. And this kid who weighs 100 pounds soaking wet? No, he was a football player. 120 pounds soaking wet? Put her body into the car. Yeah. Drugs. Drugs. So then it breaks on the news that it was him. And Peter wants to go to the jail and kill him. And his daughter says, you know, we lost our mom. We can't lose you too. Everyone was shocked. Darian was shocked. He says Melanie was absolutely devastated that it was her ex and she feels to blame. The ranger doesn't think that Julius acted alone. He asks him over and over and over again. So many times it's like they're trying to get a false confession out of Brendan Dassey. Oh, no. So many times. Are you who else? Who else? Who else helped you? Because it doesn't make sense when you look at this kid that he picked up. So anyone, any right. person dead weight and was able to put them into a car. Yeah. Well, I don't think she was dead at that point. Maybe she was very close to being dead, but. But she's not willingly getting into the car. Absolutely not. So. Eventually, Julia says, I did have help. And it was Peter Allen, the Mm. husband. He put me up to it. So Julia says he was at the local convenience store, all sups. Which, again, I was not expecting Allsup's to come back into play. But that was a nice repeat yeah. callback. And he was getting a burrito or something and at, you know, midnight. And No, he was loitering. <laughs> he was not getting a burrito. He was stealing a burrito. He was loitering doing wheelies on his bike. Stealing a burrito. Maybe. And at, th- at this point, I could tell more. 
by looking at Julius's face if he's telling the truth. But unfortunately, the ranger's body cam is on his person and he is sitting at a table with Julius. So all we are seeing under the table is Julius's crotch. And yep. it's hard to tell if he's telling the truth by looking at his crotch. It is not a skill I possess. Maybe the people from Criminal Minds can tell if someone's lying by looking at their crotch. The behavioralist panel. We're seeing his legs and his leg is shaken. Yeah. And at one point, the ranger puts his hand on his knee to get yeah. them to talk. I was very angry, though, that I couldn't see his face still. I'm sorry. I had flames on the side of my face. So he says, I'm at Alsup's getting a world famous chimichanga or whatever. And I run into Peter there in the middle of the night. And Peter takes me, puts him in his, puts me in his car. We drive back to Peter's house and he grabs me and says, I'm only going to tell you once. And if you tell anyone else, I'm going to kill your whole family. And he pulls out a gun and says, you're going to kill my wife. So the ranger is encouraging Julius and touching his knee and a very Brandon Dassey, I'm your dad. I'm just a father figure to you. You can trust me type vibe. Yeah. It's okay. You're, you can do this. You're doing what's right. Yeah. That sort of encouragement. Yeah. And in a very calm, fatherly voice. And he says, Peter left a knife for him inside, told him exactly what to do. And then Peter went into the living room and watched TV. And then Julia says, I mean, he just sat there. He watched me do it. And the ranger says, well, he couldn't watch you from the TV room and you were in the bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. And Julius is like, yeah, I just meant he sat there. Hmm. And so he then Peter helped him move the body. And it does seem like the ranger is buying this story. And... I, judging from his camera work, I don't know if I trust his judgment. I can see why they would want, why this would clean it up based on the fact that it seemed like Peter was involved from the get-go. This ties it all up in a nice little bow if it was both of them. Right. It would seem like their instincts were right at the beginning and it would clear up any confusion for a jury how this boy did it by himself. Yeah, because I'm confused. Right. So Peter never told Julius why he wanted his wife dead. Yeah. And there's no reason that the police can find out. Then again, the ranger is doing the, the fatherly thing. And he's like, you know what? It's okay. You made a bad decision. I mean, I wish you had called us first and told us what he wanted you to do. And he and Julius says, I was scared of him. You know, Peter's a bit a green beret. I was really scared he was going to kill my family. So now the ranger has to prove that this is what happened. Julius's fingerprints and DNA were in the house and Manu's car. And there's surveillance footage of Julius on his bike coming home from the lake. So it's super, there's lots of evidence that it was Julius. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing that points to Peter except for Julius. The DA says this is ridiculous. I think Julius is grabbing at straws. And I don't buy any of the story. And there's no communication between Julius and Peter. And Peter's compression sock that was on the floor had Julius's blood on it. So again, there's really nothing. Was there an insurance payout? Was there an insurance payout? We don't get that, but I'm sure there was. Well, I don't know how much. They were teachers. I don't know how much. That's usually the motive. Yeah. But I don't think there was any 
money problems and no yeah. marital problems that true they would need the money for or need a divorce for or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So Julius, they think, the DA's office thinks he was a strong football player and with the adrenaline, it can make you strong enough to lift a car, move a body. Also drugs. 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 Peter says that other possibilities he did have help, but it was some other gang friend that he doesn't want to snitch on. Okay. Peter says his wife gave him his heart and Julius took it away. And he says, I think he tried to blame me because in the human condition, we try to make excuses and we don't take responsibility for things, which is very poignant. But also, if he was the killer, he would he could be talking about himself, too. It's very true, though. It is true. One hundred percent. It's the rarest thing for people to just take accountability. So Corey and Julius admit to that earlier gun burglary that I said it happened earlier in the summer. That was those two bows slash rows, Corey and Julius. But police really don't think Corey had anything to do with the murder. And that Uh, is all we get on that. Okay. Julius pleads guilty and gets 55 years, which is a lot for a murder. Sure. So Julius sits down with Andrea. Here we go. Prison glass interview. Oh, boy. Mark it off your bingo card. Mm Mm-hmm. He says, I'm here because I want to give the family some closure. Andrea says, you know, everyone is in so much pain. Your father loves you unconditionally. And I was like, oh, the father in the fish hat. Why did you do this to everyone? And Julia says, I went to rob them. I wanted guns, drugs. And he's always in trouble. It was a gun. And he had already done a gun robbery earlier in the summer. And he knew that Peter had a lot of guns. So he says, this wasn't about Manu. This wasn't about revenge. This wasn't about Melanie. I just knew they had guns. But you also knew that he was a Green Beret. So you went there alone? Well, he thought he was just sneaking in and everyone would be sleeping. So he found a gun in the bedroom. Manu woke up because she heard him and she saw him. He panicked. He saw a knife on the dresser and he started stabbing her. And Andrea says, I mean, she knew you, but you were just there to rob the place. I mean, that's not good, but that's not the worst thing. That's not great, but it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not worth killing someone over. If you got caught, maybe she would have let it go or you'd get you know, in, in trouble. And he said, well, I had already been in trouble so much before. I didn't want to go back to JV or one of those places. And now if he was at 18, he would have gone to jail, not juvenile, if you're saying he was over 18. But he was 18 at the time. 18 at the time. So he would have gone to jail, jail. Let's pause for a second. There was a knife on the table, on the counter? Yeah. It was like a fish fishing knife. Did Peter confirm that? I don't know. I just don't know why it would be sitting on the, the nightstand dresser. I don't know. They had a lot of guns in that house that were just out in the open from the yeah, photos maybe. we saw. Okay. So I think they were one of those outdoorsy families that had knives and guns out. Okay. That I bought. All right. So Andrea says, this woman loved you. Where did that rage come from? And he says, I made the wrong choice. And Andrea said, well, it wasn't, you can say you made a bad choice, but this was like evil. You stabbed her dozens and dozens of times. And he says, yeah, I agree. 
It was evil. And he says, Peter had nothing to do with it. And she said, why did you blame him? And he says, I have no comment. And that was very strange that he said no comment because he had talked the whole time. And she says, that's, are you, she pushes him. She's like, you have no comment? This is the how you want to leave this interview with no comment? And he says, okay, I wanted a better deal. I wanted a better deal for myself, which we've seen many times on Dateline. If you can bring in another person and you get them your bigger fish to fry, then you do get a better deal. They always want the mastermind and not the hitman as much. They always want the person who orchestrated it. But he doesn't seem like that savvy of a kid. There's some stuff that's weird. There's some stuff that's weird He's here. He's also and making eye, eye contact with Andrea only at specific parts. It's yeah. very interesting to watch. That's the interview I'd love a behavioralist panel to look at yeah. to see what's Andrea up. Andrea does not appear to believe him. She, she does not. She can tell there's something more. And she keeps saying, are you sure that's it? That's why? And I was thinking maybe it's just because the ranger pushed him so hard to give a second name, to give a name. And he pushed someone. But I feel like he would just say that if that was the reason. So it Me feels too. like there's something. It's very strange. It feels like there is a protecting of someone. Something is happening. Yeah. Is there's there an another person that was involved that did help him? I'm thinking of several people, but I don't want to say Agreed. irresponsibly. No, but- me neither. But it does um, seem like that. And Andrea is asking questions in a way that leads me to believe that possibly she also is like something. Yeah. And she's in the interview. So she must be feeling that something is weird. Yes. She's a good judge of character. Mm-hmm. And he says, Peter, I'm sorry. And she says, you destroyed this family. And he says, yes, I did. There's no amount of apologizing. And Andrea says, can you, this is where I knew she knew something was up. She says, can you look me in the eye and swear that you've told me the truth this whole time? And he kind of finally looks up and looks her in the eye and says, yes, ma'am, because he's been looking down the whole time. And he says, I would give my life to bring her back. And and boy, is that true. Of all the things that he says, that's the truest. And it's very sad. Yeah. And Julius's sweet dad with the fishing hat yeah. Adrian, he says, I wish I could have done more. I mean, he knew his son was troubled, but he was not expecting this. And he wants to say sorry to the family. So he gets a florist to get these German flowers because Manu was German. And every morning he would stop and put a flower on their porch. And they asked, they didn't like it. It bothered them. So he stopped. But he just wanted them to know that he was thinking about them and thinking about her. I mean, he knew them very well. It's so sad. And Peter says it's so painful every day, but he tries to hide his pain from the kids and he cries a little. And Melanie blames herself, even though Darian tells her a million times that it's not her fault. Then after Manu's death, the hapless football team started to do something unprecedented. Win. Oh, And everyone keeps hearing someone ringing a cowbell at the game. And they kind of allude that they don't know if someone's actually ringing the cowbell or if they're just imagining the cowbell. Yeah. Is a ghost doing the cowbell or is someone doing the cowbell for Manu but hiding themselves? I don't really know. But it's very it's like a movie magic moment where you would hear that and you'd be like, she's here. Oh, 
and then at this point we opened up the um Bob's piece of paper and it said the daughter's boyfriend. And so he was proud that he had gotten it right. And Katie also got it right. Good job, Bob. The thing was, if you've watched enough Dateline and you're paying attention, they specifically mentioned that Melanie had a troubled boyfriend. They did. That Manu brought into the house and then and they don't mention picture. it again. Mm-hmm. And so on Dateline, sometimes they plant a seed and then they bring it back later. I was very concerned it was going to be both of them, but then I assumed we might not be covering this one. That it was also, there was the two of them planning it together, like one of the other cases we referenced, and it's not that. So it's clearly not that. I was worried about Darian, though, I have to say. And I was worried about Peter. Oh, yeah. Peter, I was very worried about. Darian, not so much because the interview didn't seem, I don't know. This was a hard one. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. And she seemed wonderful. She seemed amazing. I don't know why he did this so extra. What happened? Was he on massive drugs, like hallucinogens or something? It feels like bath salts. I'm not like it feels like something that you hear about one of those stories in Florida. Yeah, where he eats your face. Well, right, where someone just goes nuts. It doesn't make it. I think that's probably why Andrea is pushing so hard in the interviews because it doesn't track that, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you found a gun in. Also, to go into the house when they're there, not even wait till they're gone. Right. And they had just been out of town a few days earlier. But it was so like go when they're out of town. It feels like there's so many parts to this that are not explained. They did say maybe the killer thought they were still out of town. But I'm assuming cars were maybe cars were in the garage. It doesn't matter. You're in the bedroom with someone in the bed. Did you not see someone in the bed? But like, then she woke up. Wouldn't you go in, see someone in the bed and walk back Just out? And be like, oh, it out. This was a mistake. Yeah. Which makes me feel like there's some sort of desperation to get the gun. Like he owed someone. There's some yeah. other element here. He owed someone drugs or he needed to protect himself from a drug dealer. He needed money badly. And those are the only things that he could think to sell. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's bizarre. And then to do this level of... As Andrea says, overkill. It's way overkill. Yeah. And then why take her body? I think that makes me think drugs too. He just panicked. Yeah. And I guess adrenaline would allow you to lift someone into a car. With the moms and their babies under the car. Yeah. So maybe just terror at what you'd just done. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Andy's a football player. I don't know what position he was in. They find any other prints in the car? No. No, no other DNA in the car. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have B-roll Bonanza? We have so much B-roll Bonanza. Um, did we? Because well, I did not see a lot of B-roll in this episode. We have some this dramatic dolly shot down an empty school hallway. Yeah. And then an empty classroom with very bright carpet that I think would trigger a seizure. <laughs> the ranger driving, water yeah, tower. Get, we get Verl on a motorcycle. We get Verl on this motorcycle and Mary Payne texts me right as we were about to record wanting me to mention that he has this huge windscreen on yeah. the motorcycle. It was huge. It was like he was being protected from golf balls or something. No bugs. No bugs are hitting him in the face. No bugs are hitting him. Also, his shirt was very loose and it was just flapping. Yeah. We do get Darian sitting sort of incredibly sadly on the edge of his bed. Mm, looking at I miss that. And we get every single person that's interviewed in this walking by themselves. So lots of walking B-rolls. Lots of walking. Was anybody by a body of water? 
No. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah. Okay. Then no. Then I have a few fashion police, so it's not B-roll. Okay. Let's go. Well, wait a minute. Brand's unhappy being on Dateline. Allsup's. Well, first I thought Allsup's was good because of the chimichangas and the burritos that are world famous. But then if it's where you recruit a hitman to do a murder for you in the middle of the night, it's it not. is not the place I want to hang out. That in. was not true. But none of that was true. Right. So I still think they came out okay because look, I didn't know what they were before. And now if I'm driving somewhere and I see one, I'm going to stop. And if I'm you're driving look through Wyoming. I'm going. Yeah. And so they've got my business now. Not for a chimichanga, but something vegetarian. Maybe just a fountain drink. So that's good publicity. In it my is book. good. Yeah, that's true. So brand's happy being on Dayline. I would say Texas Rangers hat and forearm are a bad brand now. The white hat of justice. The white hat of justice is blocked way too many faces. The fashion police for this. We get only, only. Uh Uh-huh. Only. It's only. 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 I think that's what Peter's wearing. He's wearing that t-shirt in his B-roll. And it looks like the ACDC font. Oh, it's, but it's, it's patterned after, but I think it's an only football only. shirt. I can't do it. I can't say it. <laughs> it's just going to be one of those words. My mouth doesn't like it. We all have those words. Yeah, and that's it. And then that shark's tooth white suit. Was that a shark's tooth? It was very small. Yeah. But I guess sharks have a lot of teeth and they vary in size. I think he's Mac the Knife. I think that's <laughs> what he sings at karaoke. Yeah. The shark's knife. So I think not that's- Mambo number five. That too, if he's had a few. Yeah. If he's drinking tequila, it's Mambo number five. Okay. If he's just starting off the night, it's Mac the Knife. And it's requested by people. Katie can analyze anyone's karaoke song. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty clear giveaway. That white suit choice on Dateline was great. I We mm. never see it. So it was really exciting. We're always going to remember him now. Oh, yeah. No, it's his full look. He looked great. I was into it. Into it. Did you get any titles? Under compressure. Okay. Socks. That's good. Okay, this is going to be hard for me to say. All suspicions. That was good. I had all surprises. So there we go. <laughs> That's good. All suspicions is way better. That's great. All We could do both. All suspicions and all surprises. Mm-hmm. And then no one was watching. Yep. No one heard. We didn't see. No one heard slash we didn't see because I couldn't see anything because of the camera. So then two senses down. I'm going to help you right now because it's my only title. Thank you. And it's literally that. It's hear no evil, uh-huh. see no evil, uh-huh. and then from his interview at the end, speak no evil. There you go. And Andrea says what you did was evil. Yep. Perfect. Does that encapsulate what you're trying to do with yes. this? Yes. Okay, that's it. All we have left is touch. We don't and need it. Smell. But that doesn't go with the three. No, but I'm saying we could maybe smell something. No one is blocking our sense of smell. I don't know what where well, I'm Well, we were watching this. TV, so yeah. Sense yeah. of smell is blocked. And we couldn't touch anything. And we either. can't touch anything. That's perfect. We did it. And we don't have any Twitter for this, do we? Um Mandy did say okay, so she had a bingo card. She was tweeting a lot. Mm-hmm. so close to bingo. When I pulled this card, I was like, statement necklace is oddly specific. Is that man wearing a shark's tooth necklace? Because for some reason, I have statement necklace on there because it's happened enough. I think you have statement jewelry. Maybe I do. 
Yeah, statement jewelry on man or woman is what the square says. And I put it in there because we sometimes randomly get that. Like yeah. a prue on Great British Bake Off or something oh, yeah. random. And she was frustrated when she pulled the card. Like, how am I freaking going to get that? And then he- And then you got the ultimate. The ultimate, a shark's tooth necklace. Yeah. I was so happy when I saw that. And prominently featured because his shirt was unbuttoned the correct number of buttons to feature (laughs) said necklace. I'm guessing he killed that shark. I think that shark, there is a story to that necklace that I need to know what it is. Yeah. I bet it's really good. Yeah. He didn't just buy that at a gift shop or something. He has a relationship to that shark. (laughs) I need to know. That's his white whale. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe he raised it from birth. I don't know. (laughs) Unsure. Follow us online, everybody. We have a lot of fun on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And join our Patreon. We do bonus episodes every month. And thank you, everybody. And be your own shark tooth. Yeah. Be your own Mac the Knife. Be your own compression sock. Give yourself a hug. Like that compression sock hugs your footsies. That compression sock is basically strangulation. We should not be promoting that. (laughs) You're strangling your ankles, (laughs) sucking the life. No, just a gentle hug. And be your own allsups. Let us know. Yeah, let us know what it's like. Please send pictures. Thank you. Send me a vegetarian chimichanga, please. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, stay fresh, chimichangas. I don't get what allsups is. Is it like alls up? Ups, alls, get alls, get up in the morning. Let's alls up. Alls up. Yeah, we're all happy. Oh, yeah, here's the best beef and bean. Oh, they're both beef. You can't have either of these. They're both beef. I'm sorry. They don't look too bad, though. No, they look, so I have to order them. (laughs) Is what you're trying to say. Oh, okay, I found them. All right, so they are, wow. Yeah, all just so many in Texas. Dozens and dozens and dozens in Texas. Wow. Oh, but it says Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, anywhere that you and I don't live, they are. Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas, Wyoming. Ever since we went to CrimeCon and Katie took me to a Wawa for the first time, I am super into these sort of convenience stores. And when you come to CrimeCon next year, maybe Bucky's will be done by then. Oh, that would be The one by me. Yeah. So there's one coming near me. That would be so excited. Yeah, I can't. I cannot wait. Also, someone littered in front of me at the line at drive-thru at Starbucks, and I got out of my car and picked up their gum with the tissue and gave them a nasty look. And then I threw it in the little garbage can I have in my car. They spit their gum out? Out of the window, onto the ground. And it was gum? Gum in a lavender-colored Tesla. I'm going to throw up. And I gave them the nastiest look. I got out of my car. I got the gum. And I was like waving it. But they were in front of me. So they wouldn't have seen me unless they were looking in their rear view mirror. They probably and, um, were. I should have yelled at something. Litterbug. Someone said their dad used to yell litterbug at people. And I thought that was charming. I feel like that's not effective. It's <laughs> probably not to not a person be what in a lavender Tesla. Um, in a lavender. First, A, they make lavender Teslas. I think it was custom color. I don't know if they make that color. Was it a Kardashian? It was a brunette woman. Who drives? I'm looking it up. I'm looking (laughs) that up too. Who drives a lavender Tesla? Lavender lilac, very yellow jackets, cult. Game of Thrones author drives in custom purple Tesla. 
It was not George R. R. Martin. I can confirm. What's that. a George R. R. Martin? Can we get a <laughs> picture of this car, not. please? Can someone give me a picture? Park next to this a couple months ago at oh KSC. I don't know what KSC is, but I thought they said KFC, and I got no, really excited not going that somebody. To KFC. No, they're just going to Starbucks and littering. Uh, oh, that's huh. terrible. 